Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. And happy Easter to uh, all of you who are either watching or listening uh, to us. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined during this Easter season by Josh Sullivan. Hello. Happy Easter. Thank you. And Matt Van Milligan. Hello. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. So I hope that your uh, Easter celebrations uh, went well, and uh, we are now officially in what we call the Easter octave, where we celebrate Easter for eight days. So we start, obviously, Easter Sunday, we're at the Easter Vigil, yeah. uh, and it goes till Divine Mercy Sunday, which is this coming Sunday. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Lots of fun. Eight days. Remember, remember. Do you remember we talked about the Christmas octave? I was going to say that's yeah. what it brought yeah. me to too. Yeah, this was the Christmas octave in the. Yeah, we the celebrate days Christmas, Christmas for eight days, and we celebrate Easter uh, for eight days, and so we celebrate each day of this week like it's Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. So we can use the same readings if we want. We can uh, celebrate like so. It's a really uh, you know the resurrection. Yes, it's the it's the it's the significant event of our faith. So we celebrate it. <laughs> do we know why it's eight days? Anybody know? Because that's the length it takes from one <laughs> Sunday to the next. <laughs> See, I always just think, because we're always like in, in, in our faith, there's yeah. always threes, there's twelves, yeah. there's sevens. Those are all holy numbers, yeah. you know, 40, 40 days yeah. uh, for Lent and for everything else. But like, why is it the Easter octave? Is it like some, yeah. I, I feel like it's some, I'm going to say almost French tradition, but it's not, uh, you know, like it's, it's, in, it's in the church. It's something that we celebrate. Do we yeah. know? No, I, I was I was just going to be a pain and say because it starts with the prefix oct. It's, you know, it's eight days because. What's <laughs> <laughs> name? Anyways, okay, we don't have to. Yeah. it's something we'll look up. Yeah. We'll yes. come back. And and it's it's it is the the two greatest feasts of the uh, church year, right? Christmas but, and yeah. Easter. So yeah. we celebrate uh, the uh, octave. Uh, which is to, to to extend the great celebration, right? I, I think we're Christians and Catholics specifically are always willing to extend celebrations. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, so let, remember when we celebrated this past weekend, when we celebrate Easter, you know, there's lots that goes on. Last week we talked about on the podcast everything during Holy Week from Palm Sunday uh, throughout the week, Holy Thursday and Good Friday. We kind of ended last week. Uh, talking about uh, Jesus, uh, they uh, had speared him yep. on the side. You know, and he, he died. He died, and so uh, just quickly to recap, yeah. you know, they they take the body down. Remember the the scriptures say that Joseph of Arimathea, mm-hmm. uh, who was a secret disciple of yeah. Jesus, because of fear, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He had a prominent place too, right? He uh, he was kind of rich. Yes, and so he, because he was able to go and approach Pontius Pilate and yeah. say, "Hey, uh, is it okay that we take the body?" Pontius uh, Pontius Pilate gave him the uh, permission to go mm-hmm. and take the body down. They laid him in the tomb that had never been used before, and they uh, covered up the tomb with a stone. And in the Gospel account of Matthew, there's people like, "Hey." Remember what this guy said. He said that after three days, he would rise again. So let's make sure that we seal this tomb up as best as we can or else they're going to come and steal his body. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that really stood out to me this time was that people came and said, Jesus said he was going to rise again in three days. Let's go put guards on this thing. Let's seal it up with yeah. a big stone. Let's make sure this doesn't happen because, you know, we don't want his apostles to say, "Hey, look, he rose." Yeah. Like they kind of did a preemptive there, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like we already seen him do some pretty crazy things, yeah, and we don't want this one to be one of those things. Yeah. So why was it so important that he rose? 
why wasn't just the death mm-hmm. enough? I mean, the death is what kind of brought it up to the to the. You know, he, he died on the cross for us, so that our sins are forgiven yeah. because of his sacrifice on the cross. Why was it important that he rose? Um, uh, I would say, okay, so it is important, but it's it's possible to imagine that you know God affecting our salvation with just with just the death on the cross. Yeah. Um, there's a, but there's a significance added by the fact that he rose again, and more than that, he rose bodily. That yeah. is, um, um that it was just kind of this like ethereal spirit rising and hovering Ghost above that. Thing, yeah. That is like, no, he, he was actually resurrected. Um, and again, not, not, not just, not merely revived or not merely like not, not in the same uh, resuscitated as yeah. the, right. um, uh, like, like Lazarus or like the, um, the soldier's daughter, um, that, you know, he's, it, uh, it, it's his glorified body. Um, that's, that's resurrected. That's, um, and the, the book of Hebrews does a really good job, um, of, of tying this, uh, tying this all together to, to yeah. say that like, um, you know, Christ rose bodily, like that we might rise with him that like, even when it's, it's tied, it ties the whole kind of salvation narrative together. Um, that you know, at, at the end of all things, you know, we rise bodily, and and in the scriptural accounts um, from the uh, Gospel of uh, um, the the Passion um, uh, from Matthew, there's like the bodies of a whole bunch of saints and holy people rise or like are come up out of the tombs um, uh, at the death and resurrection. That, that like this, there's actually something significant about um, you know, it's it's not just you know your sins are forgiven but you are rising to new life. Mm-hmm. Um, you're rising to being adopted sons and daughters of God that like you rise with Christ. And I think that like the significant, the theological significance of the, the resurrection can't be, can't really be overstated. No. And also the resurrection also puts our Christian life in perspective, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, like what, what Jesus had been speaking about and our life together with God is not just for us to understand here, hmm. right? But it's for all eternity. Like God who gave us life will also bring us to new life. I don't think we would have clearly understood that without the resurrection, right? Like the story would have seemed ended and pretty sad if it yeah. just ended on the cross. Yeah. You know, Jesus, oh, he died for our sins, which is fantastic. I mean, you know, and that's not to take away from... Nope. from yeah what Christ did for us. But, but if fulfill. that was the end of our story, you know, Christians are always like, I'm at, think about the fear that Christians live in today. <laughs> okay. So, and there are parts of the world where literally people like the Christians are fearful for their lives. Um, you know, maybe in our part of the world, we're fearful more about uh, what, what would happen, I guess, to us when we really express our faith in Jesus, whatever it might be. But this sort of persecution of Christians is like everything ends at the cross. It's like mm-hmm. we're made to be martyrs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what would happen without the, without the resurrection. The resurrection shows us that after the crucifixion, after suffering, there's new life. Yeah. And if you ask anyone who's been through suffering, you know, if you ask anyone who's been through suffering and has united that suffering to Jesus, there's new yeah. life after the suffering yeah there's new life and like the resurrection gives us that like the, the church calls it the paschal mystery the church calls it like our, our 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 new hope you know what i mean like it's the paschal hope it's the it's it's the 
it's what Jesus, it's what God signifies to us that no matter what happens, we're, he's in it with us yeah. for, for the long haul and we're in it with him for the long haul. I think, I think back to one of the, the you know, famous sayings is the only two things that are certain in life are death and taxes. Yeah. Uh, like, but that is kind of one of those, like death is always been a certainty. We all know that one day we're going to die. Um, but Christ rising from the dead shows us that he not only had the power that he said he had, but he, and he wasn't only who he said he was, but by rising again from the dead, he had power even over death, yeah. even over, like, over the thing that couldn't be possible. Yeah. The you know, like, well, even death conquered Jesus, or you know, that yeah. that that, did, that couldn't be said anymore. Like Jesus conquered That's death. Right. Yeah. Like Jesus destroys death. Yeah. Right. God conquers death, and like we believe. Remember that. Remember in the funeral rite. If if you've been to a Catholic funeral. We use the words that life is changed, not ended, mm, yeah. right? So when Jesus died on the cross, life was changed. It wasn't ended, yeah. right? It, it, three days later, he rose from the dead. Mm. He rises from the dead. To, to he's And like Matt said, he didn't just come back to life like Lazarus. He's the resurrected Jesus now. In now, a new glorified. He, he's body. glorified. Yeah. He uh, can. He tr- he transcends time, transcends space, transcends like he is a new, a new creation. He's, yeah. he's the resurrected yeah. Jesus. That's what we're called to. We're called to the to rise up to new life with Jesus. Yes, at the resurrection. You know, like, you know, when Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, were like, yes, Lord, we know that he will rise with you to the resurrection of a new life. When Jesus was talking about rising, raising Lazarus from the dead. But we're called, we know that we're called to that, the resurrection, uh, you know, after the dead. But we're called to new life here. Mm -hmm. Now We're called to new life here. That's what the joy of Easter brings. It's like for 40 days of Lent, we have looked inside of us. We have increased our penance. We have increased our prayer, hopefully. We've increased our fasting and almsgiving. And all to show that we are committed to rising to that new life. Like we're supposed to look at the things in our life that we struggle with that are preventing us from loving Jesus with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then we're to overcome them together. Yeah. Right? And we and I, I think about this, okay? I think about... Um, the last week we talked a lot about the apostles. Think about the apostles when Jesus died on the cross, okay, and uh, they're walking with him, whatever, whatever it might be. Then he's he dies on the cross. Well, now all of a sudden they are sad mm-hmm. and they're angry. They're probably really disappointed. They're probably really confused. They're probably really embarrassed and ashamed that they spent all this time with Jesus and now he's dead on the cross. They, they lock themselves in a room. They hide from the rest of the world. And there's this tension between them. It's like, Thomas, where were you? And, uh, you know, blah, like we were supposed to be like, like there's this all like, it seems like everything's going wrong. Yeah. And then when Jesus r- rises from the dead, they are literally brought to new life. Like, mm-hmm. Like they are literally made new mm-hmm. and their sadness turns to joy. Their anger dissipates. Uh, they break out of this place. Uh, and you know what's great about it is none of them say, I wish we can go back into hiding mm. or I wish I could be sad again or yeah. I wish I could be angry yeah. or whatever it is. They are literally made new. And that's what God does for each one of us. 
it, through the resurrection, God makes us new. I love what you said about the suffering because that is, I, I mean, through the little bits of suffering that I've had in my own life, that is kind of something. But seeing other people as well, you always wonder how certain people have could go through such tragedies in life and then come out on the other end with their faith and with this awesome belief. And, and that they have such a, like, we look up to those people and that they have such an awesome, um, deep faith. Um, one of the things you said, too, was that the apostles, like, that's part of it with the resurrection, right? Jesus died for our sins. Great. That's awesome. We're forgiven you know, bridge bonded, whatever, like we're, we're back on track with God. However, one of the big problems there, where were the apostles there? And we kind of, we were talking about a little bit before the podcast, the, the apostles are in the upper room. They're on the road to Emmaus where they're walking there and like, oh, I guess that, like that was a nice three years. You know what I mean? And that's kind of, they were talking about how this just didn't happen mm-hmm. the way that they expected it to happen. Yeah. The way that they thought it was going to happen. And were they telling anybody about it? Were they telling people, hey, yeah, I was there when Jesus did this? No, because in without the resurrection at this point, I'm not going to say that they're ashamed, but I think like I think all those feelings that you just kind of described, they're ashamed, they're, they're, sure they they're, they're questioning, they're quite, they're like, what does this mean? You know what yeah. I mean? Because I'm, I'm not quite understanding it. When Jesus appears again, there's a couple of things that are kind of cool about the way he appears because we have different accounts of how he appears. He appears first to the women in the garden. And the cool part about that is if they wanted to, appearing to the women, if this was a lie, this was appearing to the women as credible sources at that day and age was not the first person that they would appear to. They would appear to people of good standing and normally men because women didn't really have a credit. They weren't credible witnesses in court, right? At that time. Uh, and so the apostles coming forth and saying, he appeared to the women first. That That's not credible. <laughs> you know, that doesn't make it a credible source in a witness court. So if it's going to be a lie, let's let's tell the lie the right way, right? Let's, let's do it politically, you know, and figure out. So the fact that they're doing this, the fact that when they're coming out, they're telling people we were hiding in the upper room. Like they're not ashamed to tell the full story and to show how mm. weak they were or the spot that they were in, because that's an shameful thing. If if you're telling a story about something and you're lying, you're always going to come out on top, right? I mean, that's kind of the way that we when we lie, we we we'll always look a little bit better than we really were, um, from our perspective. From our, that's not how the apostles told the story of the resurrection. They were they were they were scum. <laughs> they were the ones that ran away from Jesus at the end. They were the ones hiding in the upper room, not doing what he said. They weren't the you know like that. That's who and then and then they were off fishing on a boat by themselves, not doing preaching the gospel, you know, walking away from Jerusalem. Like that's where they were before Jesus appeared to them. So that's the you know yeah yeah I I, I like what you said there because uh, th- that's the first so the first mass of Easter that we celebrate is yeah. at the Easter vigil right so yeah. that's the first mass of Easter and that's the that's the gospel account that we that we hear at that mass this year it was from the Gospel of Matthew because yeah. we're in the we're year in Matthew. of Matthew and so it's like you know. Uh, d- uh, the women were there, you yeah. know, and who are you looking for? Do not be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. You know, he's not here. He's been raised from the dead. And then that that's the Easter vigil option, which you can also read on Easter Sunday. Uh, but if you are going to read the one prescribed for Easter Sunday, it is from 
the gospel of Luke, there, there's, well, there's two options. If you have an Easter Sunday mass in the morning, you can read the one from John, which is Mary Magdalene, you know, uh, yeah. Rabuni, you know, yeah, the, yeah, that yeah. sort of story, Mary Magdalene, that she thinks he's the gardener. Yeah. But if you have an Easter Sunday mass in the afternoon or later that evening, you can choose the reading from the gospel of Luke, which is the road to Emmaus, right? Mm, gotcha. And we're also going to hear the gospel of the road to Emmaus uh, on the, uh, where am I here? On the third week. So not Divine Mercy Sunday. The week after? uh, The week after that will be the gospel, the, the road to Emmaus. And I think the road to Emmaus gospel like because there's a lot of appearances of jesus after yeah. the resurrection but because uh, since you mentioned it let's yeah. i want to talk about the road to emmaus yeah. a little bit you know these two disciples who were witnesses to the event um th- now like they're they're experiencing some of the emotions there that we're talking about you know they're walking away from the scene of the of the death of jesus because they had gotten the like the air taken out of their sails <laughs> like these people, they had hoped. They had hoped in Jesus. Yeah. There were people who really thought that Jesus was going to save them. Yeah. Like, in the way that they in the yeah. thought, of course, Jesus does save. Uh, but all of their hopes, like, think of someone that you really believe in and look up to and you've, and you've given your heart to and all these things. And the last thing you see is that person dead on a cross. Like, like yeah. this, you, you have no air left in your lungs. Like you don't even want it to do that. You, you fall into this depression and this hopelessness, it right? Talked, it talks about how far away they were too, right? Right. Like they walked, it was however many kilometers. 11, 11 kilometers. Like, okay. So they walked 11 kilometers to this place. That's almost a full day travel, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's like three, well, I'd say three hours of walking, but really, you know, when you're talking about having to feed yourselves and they cook a fire and everything else, that's like, that's almost a day. So you're walking a day away to kind of get there and, and to be with this man who you think is going to save us. You're in that crowd, and now they're walking back. So they're walking all the way back. Um, the gospel says they looked sad. Yeah. It, the gospel <laughs> says they looked sad because because how we get that is because, you know, Jesus, by this point, had already risen from the dead yeah. and uh, appeared to them on the road. So, yeah. you know, so he appears with them, and he starts walking, and they don't recognize who they he is. They don't recognize who he is. And I think that's kind of... Have you ever actually seen a guy... <laughs> yeah, have you ever seen a guy who or a girl who has lost a lot of weight from the last time you saw them, and then all of a sudden you don't recognize them anymore? Right. Have you had that? Like, like yeah. I, I have, I've had friends that have had that happen, or something has happened, and, and you just don't recognize them anymore. Uh, and you go, whoa... Like they look like a different person, a new person. Like the last time they would have seen Jesus would have been beaten, scourged, bloodied, mm-hmm. barely being able to stand. He needs help carrying his cross. So they get Simon in there. Like that's, that was their last image of Jesus. And not only that, but that was like hours of that, mm-hmm. right? It was, we're talking about like the whole day Friday up until three o'clock. This is their last image of their savior that they were saying. So when they see Jesus, and again, beaten, but bloody, blue, like so they probably swollen in eyes yeah, and, and places. And, and these images are like burned in their memory. Like this that, is a pretty traumatic event yeah, too. And this is who they see, right? Exactly. And, and and then all of a sudden this guy appears, probably no bruises. Like we talk about his glorified body. So we know that he has the hand the 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 holes in his hands and his feet when he talks to Thomas and when he appears to his apostles. But uh, he doesn't necessarily have them here necessarily. We don't know. He doesn't say it. But but he's probably not looking beaten, bloody, <laughs> ragged, swollen, swollen uh, beaten up to the point of death. Right. right? Like he's he's not that person anymore. He is in his glorified he's in body, resurrected body, resurrected body. And so now he's coming and walking with them. Well, they're not thinking this is the same guy. Mm-hmm. 
This, they're thinking this is the guy that we just walked. In in as much as like if you've you know people who have had someone close to them pass away. Yeah. Like when when someone passes away, like you obviously there's this sadness about them, and you and people you, people like to remember someone who died in a certain way. Maybe the last time they saw them, or maybe a nice memory, or you know when you think of that person, you remember them in a certain way yep. or whatever it might be. And then like when when there's moments when you're in your home or out in public. And like you're just not expecting to see that person, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you're just not expecting it. So like uh, you, we we know when someone close to you dies, uh, you know, some, a, a song or something might remind you of them. But in your in your there's like this there's this finality in your brain or in your life yeah. that you're like I will never see this person until the resurrection or until the new life. So again, these two on the road after seeing the trauma that they have seen, they're not expecting, they're not expecting Jesus. Yeah. Even if they saw this man, they're not going to expect that. That's they, what it, is. it was yeah. like totally, um, like it, it was the furthest thing from their mind yeah. that this was Jesus of yeah. Nazareth uh, that they had seen on the cross, that it that he was the one that showed up on the road. I, and, I, and the fact that they're heading away from Jerusalem is that, you know, they, they is an indication they've given up hope or the hope of expectation. Yeah. Of seeing that, like, because you know, J- Jesus said a lot of things um, along the way that you know gave an indication of, of Who what, was. what was going to happen. But um, we said last week that like the disciples didn't necessarily have the roadmap. We have the benefit of hind- hindsight um, that you know the, the Son of Man will uh, suffer many things, and you know um, they're like, okay, well, is this the end? Is this that like that you know there's still something to be revealed to them? There's still a mystery that you know um, you know that. Um, uh, that needs that uh, needs to be fulfilled. Something Jesus said that you know that need, needs to come to fulfillment for them. Um, and yeah, yeah. Just you know, while I'm like that for them, um, I think it's uh, significant that um, Jesus appeared to a lot of people personally after his resurrection. It yes. wasn't this like it wasn't the triumphal entry. It wasn't this fanfare. It wasn't like on he, a cloud. He re- yeah, over he, top a pilot. Yeah, Look yeah. at me. I'm it, still here. Exactly. That it was like it was revealing himself to. The individuals who you know journeyed with him during his ministry. I love I love this particular uh, gospel because uh, Cleopas. So the gospel names one of them, mm-hmm. like you know one of them whose name is Cleopas. Uh, so they're walking along, and it says that they're already talking about the things that mm-hmm. have happened. And of course they are. If a major event had happened in your life, and me and you were going for a walk, it wouldn't be eleven kilometers because I wouldn't survive, but uh, <laughs> it would be a little bit shorter. But we would be talking about that major mm-hmm. event. We will be discussing it, right? And so Jesus comes, uh, and and I love this gospel because Jesus plays it up. Mm -hmm. Like he's risen from the dead, and he's like, what are you guys talking about? Not only that, I love love that he walked in their stupor. Yeah. He walked in their stink. He walked in in their mood. For eleven kilometers yeah. in the wrong direction, right? And, and, and but let them vent, yeah, and let them, like let them tell this. Like he, he didn't just go into like telling them about himself. He let them tell him about him. It was like, yeah. haven't you heard? Like, yeah. or have you been living under a rock? Like, do you not know the things that have happened? And they ask yeah. him, eh? they're like, like. How could you be? How could you have not heard? Like they're like, what are you? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Jesus says, uh, like, how could you have not heard of of the events that have just happened? Like everyone is talking about it. This Jesus of Nazareth was killed because he 
said that he was God. Yeah. You know, the, they, they, they accused him of blasphemy. They chose to crucify him over Barabbas. Like, yeah. like how do you not know these events? And Jesus' reply, what things? Like, how do you not yeah. know these things? What things? Yeah, the, the irony there is like, okay, you're, if you're invested, as invested in these things as you, like, say everybody else is, why are you walking away from Jerusalem? Yeah. That it's like, on the one hand, it's like, how can you not be taking this seriously? And like, are you taking it seriously? Before yeah. before they meet the resurrected Christ, I mean, they, so they've met him, but before they recognize the rec- resurrected Christ, uh, look at the difference in the evangelization story <laughs> that they were telling, that his disciples were telling before they met mm. the resurrected Christ to after they met the resurrection, uh, resurrected Christ, or what they realized it was the resurrected Christ, right? So before, they're venting to him about all these things that they said were going to come true, but we don't know now. Like, that's kind of their attitude. They're, and then when they realize it, then, they, then it's a whole other story, right? Like, oh my goodness, and, and their faith is renewed, and they're uh, they excited, they run back the other way, the, the opposite way. Jesus shows us, though, one of the things that's kind of important to point out. Jesus walks with us mm. in that walk, even though they're going the wrong way, even though they're in the stink and the mood and everything else. And he, and he walks with them in that spot. He gets them to tell him. Have you ever had, like, sometimes um, if you're having a problem in your life or whatever else, uh, as counselors and as, like, as, as priests listening and stuff, sometimes the best thing is just to sit there and listen. <laughs> so, you know, and, and to let the people work it out and talk to them. And I, I'm sure that psychiatrists do that too. Um, but just, it's just sit there. And, 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 the, and I know that sometimes I've shared stuff with people and, and like to my wife or to my parents or to my, you know, and then as I'm talking about it, I start to realize what's going on here. And then, and then you know, kind of, okay, okay, I understand now. Jesus kind of is walking with them in that point. And then if they still don't get it, then he turns on the miracle. Like mm-hmm. he then breaks bread. So the story goes, he sits down he with them. The scriptures. But he opens the scriptures first. Like yeah. it says beginning with Moses, he, he walks with them through the prophets. Like, cause they had just complained. Like this was the one we thought was going yeah. to save us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And like all these different things. And this is beginning with Moses and all the prophets. He interpreted to, he interpreted to them the things about himself yeah. in <laughs> all the scriptures. Right. And so like, I love it because you mentioned like an evangelization approach. Yeah. Right. So here he here he is. First of all, he's literally walking with the person. You know, people in the wrong say, direction. We we yeah. say figure like we kind of yeah. say figuratively. Oh, you know, journey with that person. Jesus is walking literally with that person away from Jerusalem. Yeah. Right. And uh, then he listens to them. So like go out go out of your way if you need to bring Jesus to someone go out of your way even if it's out of your comfort zone even if walk it's a long walk way. Go, yeah. <laughs> go even if it's in the wrong direction and you got to come back I mean yeah that was a 22 kilometer walk I guess uh, yeah. you know <laughs> anyways um so then he starts explaining from Moses yeah. like from the beginning all the things that the prophets were saying about himself so he's giving them some sort of lesson here yeah. you know I, I Maybe it was like the first RCIA course. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But here it was, yeah. right? 
and and they're they're like wow at least they acknowledge this guy as a wise man yeah because they like him they see the truth they yeah they're like wow this guy's really knowledgeable and it's getting dark and you know and Jesus I like he kind of he's he keeps playing with them a little bit he's like pretends to keep going you know like the end of the walk had come and Jesus like it's the gospel says he pretended to to sort of keep going uh, and uh, they were like. Like where where are you going? Why don't you just stay with us? So he had made an impression, at least from this, you know, from explaining the scriptures, that they wanted him to remain. Yeah, right. And I think in our own journey of evangelization, people when we speak the truth to people. In love, in yeah, charity, knowing that we love them because we've already walked in the wrong direction with them. Yeah. We've already and, spent time with them. And listen to what they have to say. And yeah. listen to them. They want us to stick around. Yeah. Like of They course. want us to stick around. You and have a relationship with them. Forming that relationship first is key in evangelization. Exactly. It's, part of that reason is just, is just so that you have that relationship so that when you speak truth, they understand and they believe you, right? And so they're seeing that this guy's a wise man. He's pointed out the truth. And now, hey, why don't you stay with us for a little bit? Like, we're enjoying your company. We want this relationship to continue on. And then... And what does he do? I love this part. He breaks the bread. He breaks the bread. And then they go, whoa. But (laughs) there's two amazing things here. Well, there's more probably. But like one, yes, that Jesus breaks, he he breaks the bread with them in their home, right? Uh, But two, that they recognize him in the breaking of the bread. Like this they recognize body. him. This is my blood. Yeah. yeah. Like he, yeah, exactly. He offers this Eucharistic meal and they recognize him. So they didn't recognize Jesus when he was standing in front of them. They didn't recognize Jesus when Jesus was talking about himself through the prophets, you know, but it's in the Eucharist. It's in the breaking of the bread that they recognize Jesus. And, you know, ultimately, that is our goal. Like Mm -hmm. when we evangelize to people, when we walk with people, when we listen to people, when we explain Jesus to people, when all that stuff, we want to bring them to the Eucharist. And we want them to recognize in the Eucharist the same Jesus Christ who rose from the dead. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. It's it's a beautiful, like this this story is... Jesus, yeah. again, lays it out for us, walks the walk, shows us exactly kind of how it works until that point, you know? I love that. And and in the same time, we're, we're seeing the example of where the disciples were, these people that followed him. Um, even closely, to, that they recognize him in the breaking of the bread means that they were probably present there at the Last Supper. Right, because it just talks about when I read it over. I mean, depending on the gospel, but I think the one that we just read through Matthew, it talks about the disciples were with him, not the apostles per se, not the twelve apostles, but the disciples. So that could be any range of a number of people. But you know, so maybe these people were here because they recognized him in the breaking of the bread. That's right. And then, like Jesus vanishes from the sight. Eh? Yeah. Like he ran. <laughs> and I like at the end of the of this of that particular uh, gospel, the road to Emmaus, is. Were not our hearts burning yeah. within us when he was speaking to us on the road? It's he, like, you know, like, I, I, but I, I truly think that, you know, we miss sometimes the presence of Jesus in our lives sometimes. You know, when we, people, people pass it off to coincidence or they pass it off to, uh, you know, happenstance or whatever they call it, you know. Uh, but, and, and we often miss, like, we're not our hearts burning. Didn't we not feel the presence of the Holy Spirit? Did we not feel the presence of Jesus with us? You know, and, and they were kind of like shaking their heads at each other. Yeah, the, the, and they get it. Like yeah. they have the piece that lets them make sense of the whole thing. Of the whole thing. That it's like, and like on the one hand, this this kind of mirrors most most people's uh, um, 
uh, uh, process of faith or like yeah. c- coming to faith that it's like, um, uh, that there's, you know, a, a certain understanding lays the groundwork for that, you know, final revelation of, of Christ or like, you know, uh, having that personal encounter with Christ. And for a lot of us, that is, that is in the Eucharist or that is in the, but at, at, it's also kind of a mirroring of salvation history. Like the fact that he goes through the old Testament and he's just like that it's, he's, he's, um, revealing himself in the, he's the word incarnate mm-hmm. that it's like, it's this, um, um, gradual revelation of you know the whole picture but gradual revelation of himself that you know culminates in the breaking of the bread like that that, that's that, right. the definitive re- revelation of christ is in the word um and then but ultimately in in the eucharist itself yeah and it, so at the end of the gospel says that same hour like that yeah. same hour they get up and they go back to jerusalem <laughs> yeah. like they don't waste any time now and you and this is how I picture it in my mind, you know, Uh, on the way there, it was a very like malaise walk, like (laughs) like a depressed walk. It took them a full day. It took them a full day. (laughs) And and they're just kind of moping and complaining and listening to this guy. And on the way back, they probably like half ran, ran, sprinted, uh, whatever it could be, because like it, the gospel says they came back and told everyone that they had encountered Jesus Christ in the breaking of the bread. Like, and and again, remember what we were going back to before uh, we were saying at the time of the death when 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 that's why the crucifixion is not the end of the story. No, it's got to be because the even with these two disciples, their sadness, confusion, their their broken hearts were healed. And they were brought to new life. They're made new, right? Jesus makes people new. And I and I hope that that is the experience that people have after their lenten journey and after the celebration of of holy week that we're made new that we're ready to be uh new beings being made new by the lord and to experience here the resurrection <laughs> as we wait for the resurrection to new life at the end of our time yeah. at the end of our life so that's that's all the time we have for, for this uh, episode that we talk with there's so much more that we can say about the resurrection and uh, the easter season but now lent was 40 days long the easter season is now 50 days long leading to pentecost sunday so uh let's take advantage of the grace that's going on in this easter season let's take advantage of the grace of the resurrection and let's really allow the lord to reveal himself to us whether it's through uh our prayer whether it's through listening to what jesus has to say or whether it's through the breaking of the bread uh, the eucharist if anyone has any uh, comments or things you want to share with us about the resurrection uh, or maybe a personal encounter you've had with jesus uh, drop us a line at ask us at the catholicbuzz.com or leave a comment on our facebook or instagram uh, pages so we are wishing you all a very blessed happy holy easter and may all of us uh, be Uh, brought to new life through Jesus Christ, who is risen from the dead. For Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz.